It's a rainy day in the Palm Beaches today in April 2020 as I remain with Gary in COVID-19 lockdown and I continue with entry 13 into my father's tales. You know how parents can be your delight of your life or they can make you want to kill them. And then you think, I'm so mad at you, I'm so mad at you. And then you're like, oh, please don't let anything happen to him. I admit, you know, as a kid, as a kid, you do this. And there was one thing my father did that made me crazy. He always, there were certain things he always had in his pocket. And one of the things was a, a little cylinder of chapstick. And really, to this day, I don't know how he did it. And I never really drilled down too much into it, but it was silver. And he and he always had chapstick in it. So I don't know how he transferred chapstick into it. I don't know what the deal was, but he always had chapstick. And I guess as a kid, my lips were probably dry. <clears throat> and he would come home from work and I would run to meet him. And outside, in the, he would get out of the car and I'd run to see what he brought me. What'd you bring me? <laughs> it wasn't always that he brought anything, but uh, I always ask anyway. But he would always pull out his chapstick and put it all around my lips, just like a big swoop. It wasn't like he wasn't meticulous about it. It was like, and then he would go down my nose, you know, down the bridge of my nose. To this day, I hate chapstick. I never buy chapstick. I have a, a little tube of Burt's Bees for Kate, but I hate chapstick. <laughs> I hate Vicks VapoRub too, by the way. <laughs> he didn't have anything to do with that. But, oh, my God, when he pulled out that chapstick, it was like, oh, please, please don't. <laughs> but I had to endure it. <clears throat> but when the hula hoop craze was a big deal, of course, I set up the, you know, the howl <laughs> that a kid does for a hula hoop. I had to have a hula hoop. And every day I waited to see if, if there would be a hula hoop. I dropped all kinds of hints. I, <laughs> I, was, I was big at hinting about things that I wanted because, oh, actually, I was a very polite kid, and, and I didn't want to be, I wasn't comfortable just begging too much. I mean, I did and I didn't, but I also kind of worked for, for things that I wanted to have. I would save up just change that I would pick up here and there. There was a little red purse I wanted at a department store in downtown Fort Worth, and I saved up my change until I got it for myself. But um, I was good at leaving notes. That's what I was good at. Dear Daddy, I need fill-in-the-blank amount of money for X project or need, whatever, and I would put hearts and kisses and stuff all over it and love, have a great day, really cheery. And, and I waited till he went to bed and I would put it where I knew he would see it getting his coffee. And then I would get up and, you know, there was the, you know, the money for the whatever it happened to be. But the hula hoop thing went on for a while. And I, I'm not sure why, if it was maybe a budgetary thing. Uh, a forgetful thing. I don't know what it was, but then one day, one day he pulled up and he opened the trunk. Hula hoop. <laughs> oh, hula hoop bliss. I love stuff like that. I love, I still love to be outdoors like him. Um, 
I will go and sit outside and listen to music. I I love being outdoors. And uh, he uh, he had redone uh, a bicycle because I was certainly not the first <laughs> to to need a a bicycle. So there was a bicycle that hadn't been used for years, but it was still in good shape. It needed tires and it needed paint. So when I decided I needed a bicycle, I begged to to you know, for him to get me a bicycle, my parents to get me a bicycle. Well, they didn't have to get a new one because it was a perfectly good, very well built bicycle in the in his actually it was in his uh, in a storage area of his workshop, and one day one day to surprise me he I really don't know where he had it probably in his workshop but when I first saw it I had to go out in the front and we had this really high porch as that I used as as a stage by the way <laughs> in my productions that I would write star in do the set design the works but it had a, a, a side a curvy sidewalk that he that he made, by the way, the sidewalk. He poured the, the, the sidewalk. And there he was with my bicycle, with the bicycle. It was a hand-me-down bicycle, but it had he had painted it a, a, a real pretty light blue and uh, was all ready for me to, to go. But I was scared because I'd never ridden a bicycle, and I, I wanted training wheels. I said, I please, uh, I need, uh, I need training wheels. I was pretty vocal about my needs in that way. It's like, I, I, I'm not comfortable on this bicycle. I need, uh, I need training wheels. Well, that just wasn't my father's deal. <laughs> no, I mean, he, and he didn't make a big fuss about it or anything. He just didn't put them on. And I, there were, there would be no training wheels on a bicycle. He says, he's like, don't worry. I've got you. I've got you. Don't worry. You're you can do this. You can ride this bicycle. And we had our front lawn was pretty long and as I've said before, it was terraced. It had a because of the slope of the lot in order for them to have a pretty yard in their yard was gorgeous always was no matter where where we lived, but or where they lived. Uh it had this terrace part in the center. In other words, it was higher, and then it had a natural slope that they had that he had made, I'm sure, uh, and then for the lower half, and so it was pretty pretty long. And the yard was private because of the way they designed the landscaping. They had these big evergreen trees down each side, and he had run. He and my mother had run curbing. She had helped him with that. He set the forms, anything like that. He he did, they did on their own. Uh, and so they wanted curbing for flower beds and to edge the yard with and so forth. They did it. And so it was a very private yard. And so I said, you know, you sure you got me? Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. And so he was holding the st- holding steady the seat and the back of the bike. And I hit the front. I couldn't really see him. I could see him uh, out of the corner of my eye a little bit. But then, so he's, he's like, just start pedaling steady and and hold the and then uh, put the brakes on when you get to the end of the yard and our street was not was not very busy it did have traffic but it wasn't real real busy so I went along and and I got to the end of the yard and I put the brakes on 
and I was so happy and I and I jumped down, you know, put my feet on the ground and I turned to say to him, I did it. I we did it. Hey, thank you so much. I can't wait to ride on this and I and he was back at the porch. He was standing there on the sidewalk. He'd never moved from standing right there. He held it until I put the, my first spin of the pedal and that was it. And I took off on bicycles from then on. It was like so you didn't need training wheels. It's like, oh, my gosh. It's like he did have me. He balanced me until I started pedaling, and then he just stood right there and watched me ride. It was a, it was a, a thing I'll never forget because I was so shocked. It's like, he's not here. It's like, you know, how you're you're happy, but you're, like, scared at the same time. It was, it was really crazy. But I thought my dad could do anything, and he couldn't. No one can. But every time I had a broken toy of any kind, uh, I sent it with him to his to his work because I knew he had <laughs> machines that could fix anything. But what he and I, I've often wondered as an adult how he managed that because I know there were toys that he couldn't fix, but somehow he would he would do something to to get them fixed. He sent them out to someone else. I don't know. I, I really don't know what he did to, but. Uh, he he made a couple of toys for Brandon. I just uh, that are one of them is a is a very cool sleek. It's made out of metal. He cut it. It's pointed in the front. He put wheels on it. It's it's very very modern. It's very it's almost Art Deco in style. And he made that uh, on his machines. And uh, we still have it somewhere. Either we have it or Brandon has it. I may have given it on to to Brandon for him to to keep but when my mom when they were before we moved from the the home that where I was a child where the bicycle thing took place they were remodeling that house and they tore out the wall between the kitchen and the living room and uh, opened it up to have an open an open concept before anyone had knew what the news is open it up and they wanted, my mother wanted to put a snack bar, you know, a bar between the living room and the kitchens, an island, as it were. Didn't call it an island then, it was a snack bar. And he made it. And it was, uh, again, you know, very much in the Art Deco style, very curvy and had open shelves at the end you could put stuff on. And then from the back, from the kitchen side, it was open for stuff. And... Oh my gosh, I thought that was the greatest thing ever because you could sit there and just be on the phone and, you know, hang out and whatever, do homework. It was great. They really never finished the remodel. Do you ever? They were way down the road with it, but they did. It wasn't completed. It wasn't finished. And they sold the house and they moved into the house that I finished really my form, what I consider my formative years, my really growing up years where I really consider that my, you know, my home house was that one, because that was where all the important things as you're, as you're getting older and you're, you know, you're coming, you become a teen, I became a teenager there. I became, you know, all of those, those big things happened there. So, excuse me, this is entrance 13, My Father's Tales.